take your copy of God's Word this morning, please, and be looking, if you would, in 1 Chronicles chapter 4. 1 Chronicles chapter 4, probably a book that maybe you don't turn to very often, maybe a book that you don't spend a lot of time in. Uh, but we're going to spend some time there this morning. I think you'll be blessed as we do. I pray you will. Evangelist John R. Rice once wrote that he once imagined that uh, he was in heaven. And walking along with the angel Gabriel, he said to, to, to the angel Gabriel, Gabe, what is in that big building there? You'll be disappointed, he answered. I, I don't think you want to see it. John Rice said that he insisted and he showed him floor after floor of beautiful gifts, all wrapped and ready to be sent. And John Rice said to the angel Gabriel in this, this imagination, he said, Gabriel, what are all these? And John R. Rice said that Gabriel said, he thought rather sadly, we wrap these things, but people never called for them. We wrap these things, but people never called for them. As I read that story, I couldn't help but to think of what the Bible says in James chapter 4 and verse 2. The Bible says in James chapter 4 and verse 2, you lust and do not have, you murder and covet and cannot obtain, you fight and war, yet you do not have... Because you do not ask. How many blessings do we miss out on simply because we do not ask for them? We do not call for them. They're beautifully wrapped. They're waiting for us. But we do not send up the prayer to receive those blessings. At the beginning of this new year, I want to encourage all of us to ask. I want to encourage all of us to pray. And not just pray, but pray big. To borrow the words of the hymn writer John Newton, thou art coming to a king, large petitions with thee bring, for his grace and power are such, none can ever ask too much. And this morning I actually want to give you a prayer for the new year. Now it's not original with me, it's not an original prayer, nor is it a new prayer. It's actually a very old prayer found in your Bible. But I've got to be honest with you though, I struggle with how to present this. I struggle with even if I should present this prayer to you. You see, it's possible to pray amiss. It's possible to pray with a wrong motive and a wrong desire. In that same chapter in the book of James, I just quoted to you about you have not because you ask not. It goes on to say in chapter 4 and verse 3, these words, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures or on your own lust or desires. And so I hesitated to share this prayer for the new year because I was afraid that somebody might take this prayer and try try to twist it and and make it a selfish, self-serving thing. To make it all about them and their glory rather than about God and His glory. But as I thought about it, I said, you know what, Rodney, if God did not hesitate to share this prayer with us in His Word, who am I to keep it hidden? Who am I not to share it? Who am I not to preach it? In fact, for the longest time, I believe this was a prayer that we should not pray. I didn't think we should pray this prayer. It it seemed almost wrong to me. It it seemed selfish. It seemed too much like health and wealth and prosperity praying. But then I realized, well, it's God who placed it here in his word. It's God who preserved it for us. And it's God who not only recorded it for us and gave it to us, he was pleased with this prayer and he said yes to this prayer. And so today I'm going to share this prayer for the new year and I share it this morning and I pray it will be a blessing to all who hear. Now the prayer I'm referring to this morning 
is found here, as I've already mentioned, in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, and it's the prayer of Jabez. The prayer of Jabez. Just two verses in your Bible. And you might want to mark these verses in your Bible if you like to mark things, if you allow yourself permission to mark in your Bible. Uh, you might want to mark these two verses. First Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. I want you to look at it with me. First Chronicles 4, 9 and 10. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called him his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. Now, before we look at his prayer, I think it might be beneficial to look at the prayer, to look at Jabez himself and answer the question, who was Jabez? Now, his is not a name that we hear every day. I don't think I've ever met anybody that I recall who was named Jabez. Never heard of anybody named Jabez. I'm sure there are people named Jabez, but I've never met them. When I was typing out this message, my computer spell checker kept underlining in red the name Jabez. It didn't like Jabez. This is, what is this you're typing? And he kept doing that because I said, stop underlining it in red. Uh, his name appears here in this chapter in a genealogical section. Look real quickly at the verses surrounding it. Uh, these are the type passages when you're reading through your Bible in a year, you kind of put the fan over close to you and hope it blows the pages over a couple, right? You get to these genealogical sections and you see so-and-so begot so-and-so and they died and they begot so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. And you see all the way through here, the sons of Judah were Perez and Hezron and, and uh, Carmine and Hur and Shobal and so forth and so on. But then you get to verse 9 and it says, now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers and so forth. And so his name appears here in First uh, Chronicles, and it's not a familiar name very much to us, but um, it has been made well known in days gone by. Uh, a very popular book came out in the year 2000 uh, by an author by the name of Bruce Wilkerson. He published a little bitty book. It was a tiny book, really, called The Prayer of Jabez, Breaking Through to the Blessed Life. Have you ever read that book? You know what book I'm talking about? A lot of you have. That little book became an international bestseller. Uh, in fact, it uh, topped the New York Times bestseller list. It sold nine million copies, I think, in two years. It received the uh, Distinguished Gold Medallion Book of the Year Award, 2001-2002. It's now sold over 10 million copies. But before that time, I don't think Jabez was very well known. And even now, there are still a lot of people who have never heard of Jabez. But before 10 million people knew his name, God knew his name. It was especially noted by God in his word. But still, many have never heard of Jabez in his prayer. So who was Jabez? Well, to be honest with you, we don't know a whole lot about Jabez. What we know is what's told about him here in verses 9 and 10. Now, the name Jabez, that name appears only th uh, in three verses in your Bible. The two verses we read this morning, and then a verse in 1 Chronicles chapter 2, verse 55. You might want to jot that next to this verse, 1 Chronicles 2.55. Here's what that verse says. And the families of the scribes who dwelt at Jabez were the Terathites, the Shimeathites, and the Succothites. These were the Kenites who came from Hamath, the father of the house of Rechab. So we have Jabez the place... In 1 Chronicles 2.55, and we have Jabez the person in 1 Chronicles 4, 9 and 10. Now, here's the question. Are those connected? In other words, are Jabez the person and Jabez the place connected? Well, we're not sure, but some believe that they are. 
Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown said the Jewish writers affirmed that Jabez was an eminent doctor in the law whose reputation drew so many scribes around him that a town was called by his name. So some scholars believe that town we read about in 1 Chronicles chapter 2 was named after Jabez. And Jabez was such an eminent doctor of the law that people flocked to hear him and the town was named after him. We're not certain. What we know for certain is what we're told here in these two verses. So let's just kind of look on the surface in verses 9 and 10 and learn what we can about Jabez, the person. Then we'll look at his prayer in a moment. Did you notice, first of all, about Jabez that his mother bore him in pain? (laughs) That's what it tells us there, that Jabez is more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Now, as far as I understand, all childbirth involves pain. Ladies, am I correct in that? But for some reason, Jabez's birth especially seemed painful. Why? Well, we're not sure. There was, of course, the physical pain, but maybe there's some other circumstances around it. Uh, maybe some emotional things, maybe some of the things going on in the family, going on at the time. But when his mother came to the time to name him, she named him Jabez because she bore him in pain. His name has the meaning of causing pain or causing to grieve. Now, wouldn't you love to have that name? Here's my son, Jabez. Here's my son, pain. Here's my son, grief. Imagine carrying that name around with you for all these years. Now, the Bible also says in verse nine that Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. In the Hebrew, that word honorable has the idea of being heavy or carrying weight. It's the idea of being respected or esteemed. And of course, if the town is named Jabez in chapter two, if that's because of Jabez, we can see that played out and we see why he was esteemed. As we keep looking here and we look at what verses 9 and 10 say to us, we understand next that Jabez was a man of faith, a man with faith in God. Because he believed God and he called out to God and he prayed to God. It reminded me of the hall of faith, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so we know that he was a man with faith in God, a great faith in God. He called out to God. And then we know, of course, I think the most obvious thing, he was a man of prayer because we recorded here the prayer of Jabez. Now, let's look at his prayer together. Now we know the person, Jabez. Let's look at his prayer. Let's unpack his prayer and see what we can learn about our own prayer lives. And to make it easier for us, I've summarized his prayer in just eight words. And so if you can get these eight words down, you kind of have the basis of what the prayer of Jabez is all about. Four phrases. I'll give them to you and we'll unpack them together. Here are the four phrases that describe his prayer. You ready? Bless me. Enlarge me. Guide me. Keep me. Just eight, eight words. Bless me. Enlarge me. Guide me. And keep me. Now, listen. Doesn't that seem selfish? Doesn't that seem self-serving? It almost seems wrong. God bless me, enlarge me, guide me and keep me. We're going to look at the whole picture. So let's unpack it again. Let's see exactly what is he praying here? And is this selfish? Is this self-serving? Is this something we should pray? Let's look at them one by one. First of all, bless me. Look at verse 10. And Jabez called. He prayed on the, out to the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Do you see the passion in his prayer? Oh, that you would bless me indeed. The key word in that phrase, I believe, is the word indeed. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Jabez wanted true blessings. Bless me indeed. He wanted the Lord to give him things that would be truly a blessing. Now, please notice that while this prayer seems totally self-centered, it's actually God-centered. 
He called on the God of Israel and said, oh, that you would bless me. He says later, your hand be upon me, that you would keep me from evil. J. Oswald Sanders has a sermon he, he preached on this verse. He called it the God-sanctioned ambition. And he pointed out that worldly ambition, sinful ambition even, expresses itself in three main directions. He says that man wants to build a reputation, to amass wealth, and to wield power. But the problem with that is, the fatal flaw is the sinner itself and not God. To put it another way, worldly ambition says this, I want to be famous, I want to have a fortune, and I want to be powerful. That's what man is seeking. Think about it for a moment. What does man desire? He desires to be known. He desires to make a name for himself, to be famous, to be somebody. And then man desires money. He wants wealth. He wants a fortune. He wants to have a pile of gold and even more. And then he wants power. He wants influence. He wants to be able to wield that power. Now, that's worldly ambition. That is not what Jabez is praying. Jabez is not praying to God. God, please give me fame, fortune and power so I can exalt myself. We know that's not what he's praying. Why? Well, because I don't believe it would say in the next part of the verse. So God gave him what he wanted. God was okay, Jabez, I'm going to give you fame, fortune, and power to make yourself really something and exalt yourself. No. I believe his motive here was a God-exalting motive because God answered his prayer and he wanted blessings indeed. And did you notice in this first part of the prayer, he doesn't specify exactly what those blessings should be. He'll get specific in a moment. But in the very first part, it just says, oh, Lord, that you would bless me indeed. What he's saying here is, God, give me what is beneficial to me. Uh, put another way, I would, I would say it this way. God, give me, give me what I would ask for if I were smart enough to ask for it. Isn't that a great way to pray? God, bless me with what I would ask for if I were smart enough to pray for it. Give me what's beneficial for me. Uh, give me what I would ask for if I were smart enough to ask for it. Now, of course, that requires faith, does it not? It requires faith in the goodness of God to say, God, I want whatever you would bless me with that would be best for me. Why? Because sometimes we really need what will most benefit us. Will at times be painful. It will hurt. It'll simply be a blessing indeed, but it'll be disguised as pain. Sometimes what we need is not what we really ask for. But what we really need is for God to give us what we need. Whether it causes pain or anguish or whatever, knowing that God has our good and his glory in mind. And God is working to mold us and shape us to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. And think about your life. And God has allowed things to come into your life. Things you would not choose. Things you would not ask for. Things you would not pick off a list. Things that are not on your Christmas list. Things you would not say, this is one of my bucket list items. But God allowed pain and different things to come into your life. And what did God do during those times? He grew you. And he strengthened your faith. And he made you more like his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I say that Jabez is a man of faith here, a man of prayer and a man who had a faith in the goodness of God. Who says, God, oh, that you would bless me indeed, that you give me what I'd ask for if I were smart enough to ask for it. Bless me indeed. So, Lord, bless me. Now, secondly, enlarge me. Look at the next part of the verse. Verse 10. Enlarge my territory. If you're using the King James, I think it says enlarge my coast. Now, when I say enlarge me, I'm not talking about gaining weight or getting buff. Oh, God, enlarge me. We do pretty good on that ourselves, don't we? 
Now it says there, he says, enlarge my territory or my coast. So why did I summarize it, enlarge me? Because Jabez has enlarged my territory. Jabez has enlarged my coast. So preacher, why are you saying that Jabez is praying enlarge me? Well, I think Dave earlier was right. He said when we ask God to enlarge our territory or our coast, we're asking God to increase our sphere of influence for his kingdom. In other words, God doesn't increase our territory, our influence, so that we can boast about ourselves. Say, oh, look at my influence. Look at my territory. Look at my coast. God enlarges our territory and our coast so we can boast about him and his greatness. And increased territory and increased coast and increased um, area means we can touch more people for him. We can touch more people for God. And so what Jabez is praying here is, oh, God, would you please bless me indeed? Would you enlarge my territory? Again, I think he's totally God centered here. He's praying for enlarged territory and he's living by faith. That's a faith filled prayer. Is it not God enlarge my territory, enlarge my coast It's seeking to touch more people with God's greatness, not our greatness. So Jabez says, first of all, God, oh, that you would bless me in these. So bless me. Then he says, secondly, enlarge me. And now he comes to the third request. And I summarize it this way. Guide me. Look at verse 10 again. That your hand would be with me. Now I chose guide me. We could have said strengthen me. There's a lot of things we could say when it comes to the hand of God. But he wanted God's hand to be with him. Kirsten pointed out that Jabez didn't just want the gifts. He wanted the giver. He wanted God himself. So he didn't just say, God, bless me and then enlarge me and make me. So he says, no, God, I want your hand to be with me. Not just blessings, not just a bigger territory, but you, Lord. It's you I desire. It's you I want. I want your guidance in my life. Let me ask you, Christian, do you want God's hand upon your life? You want God to guide your life? You want God's strength? You, You want his hand to be upon you? Isn't that an awesome prayer to pray in 2015? God, that your hand would be with me, that your hand would be on me, that you would guide me. Lord, I want to please you. I want to be in your will. You see how this is an excellent prayer for the new year? Guide me, Lord, in your will for my life. Strengthen me to do it. May your hand be with me. May it be upon me. This is not Cadillac Christianity. This is not health and wealth gospel. This is Christian living at its finest, seeking God's truest blessings, seeking to influence more people for Jesus Christ, seeking his hand to be upon your life. And so Jabez says, oh, that you would bless me indeed, that you'd enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me. Oh, God, that you would bless me and enlarge me and guide me. And then what next that you would keep me? You would keep me. Look at verse 10 again. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil. That I may not cause pain. Keep me. Now, here's where people can get very confused, I think, on this prayer. Don't misunderstand what Jabez is praying. Look at it carefully. Look at it carefully. That you would keep me from evil. That I may not cause pain. I don't believe Jabez is saying here, God, please don't let anything bad ever happen to me. Please don't let any pain come into my life. Please don't let any hardship come into my life. Please don't let any discomfort come into my life. Can you imagine what type of people we'd be if we were kept from all pain, hardship, discomfort and that sort of thing? We'd be so spoiled we couldn't even be around other people. 
Imagine a child that was never disciplined, never had any pain, any, any kind of hardship. Mom and dad kept back everything that ever happened to that child. You would want to be around that child for five minutes. So I don't believe for a moment that, God, that Jabez is saying, God, don't ever let anything bad come into my life. No. Notice what it says carefully. It's keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. I think what Jabez is getting at here is this. God, keep me from sin that I won't cause pain. We might pray it this way today. In fact, I think you have prayed it this way. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. What do you mean we pray that? We're saying, God, don't let us sin. Now, we know God doesn't cause us to sin. We're praying, God, strengthen us. Don't let us yield to temptation. Don't let us sin. I think what Jabez is saying here is, God, keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. Now, the new King James says that I may not cause pain. The King James says it this way, that it may not grieve me. He said, well, which one's right? Well, you have to go back and talk to the translators about that. But the sense is the same. You know why? Because sin will bring grief to Jabez. It'll bring bring grief to other people. Sin brings grief. Sin brings pain. And he certainly doesn't want to grieve Almighty God. And so he says, God, would you keep me from evil that I may not cause pain? There's almost a play on words here. Remember who's praying this prayer. The man named Pain is saying, God, don't let me become a pain. (laughs) That's a good prayer for 2015, isn't it? God, don't let me be a pain. Don't let me get into evil. Lord, I realize that sin brings pain. It brings pain to me and grief to me. It brings pain to other people. It brings pain to you, O oh God. So keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. That's a good prayer. Bless me, enlarge me, guide me, and keep me. Now we see you prayed the prayer. What was the result? The next sentence tells us what the result was. God said yes. Look at the last part of verse 10. So God granted him what he requested. Now, the interesting thing is, we're not, it's not recorded for us here exactly how God did that. How God blessed him indeed, or how God enlarged his territory, or how God had his hand upon him, or how God did these things. But God did it. And we know that God's working in our life. God's working in my life may look different than your life. We all have our own issues and things. And, but the end result's the same. He's molding us and shaping us as believers to be more like the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, obviously, this message is for Christians. If you've never received the Lord Jesus Christ, that's the prayer you need to pray first. Oh, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. The sinner's prayer. And call out to God, and I encourage you to do that. We're talking to the Christians here today. What do we do with all this? I mean, okay, we've got this prayer from this man named Jabez. And Jabez was a great guy. Kudos for Jabez. But that was so long ago, preacher. What does that mean for us today? I mean, we're living. We're living in 2015. What does this mean for us? Well, listen, God has not changed. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. He was the same God that Jabez prayed to many years ago as he is right now. And if the Lord Jesus tarries and our children are here and grandchildren, that's scary. Some of us think about grandchildren and great grandchildren, right? We're just hoping to survive the kids. But our, our, our grandchildren and great grandchildren, he's the same God has not changed. And though our calendar may say 2015, this fact remains. Just like Jabez, we, living in 2015, we need God to bless us. We need God to enlarge us. We need God to guide us. And we need God to keep us. 
Now, I mean, now that we know this is not a, a, a magic potion prayer, this is not a mystical mantra of prosperity in Cadillac Christianity. Well, we know this is a great prayer. We know it's a God-centered prayer. We know it has a God-exalting theme to it. What would happen if we took Jabez's prayer and made it our prayer? Now listen, not just the prayer of Jabez, the prayer of Rodney, uh, the prayer of Larry, the prayer of God, prayer of Catherine, prayer of Shane, the prayer of your name. What if you made this your prayer this year? What if we prayed it as a church? What if Red Hill Baptist Church were to pray, Oh God, would you bless us indeed? Would you enlarge our territory for your glory? Father, would your hand be upon us and with us? Lord, would you keep us from evil that we may not cause pain? What if we prayed that as a church family? Do you think it would make any difference in our church life? Do you think it would make any difference in your life and your family's life? If you daily sought God's direction, if you daily ask God, God, help me not to get into sin today. If you daily ask God, God, would you increase my territory? Would you help me to influence more people for Jesus Christ? What if we adopted Jabez's prayer and made it our prayer? And what if, what if, what if God said yes to our prayers? Because God delighted in this prayer. And he delighted in it so much, he recorded it in almighty uh, scripture. He recorded it here for us all these years. And he gave it as an example, I think, here in verses 9 and 10. In this long list of so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so, he says, Now, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. Even though he started out kind of rough in pain, he was known as a pain. <laughs> he was a man of faith in me, and he prayed. And I blessed him. If you were to adopt this prayer, would your year this year be any different than last year? Would it make a difference in your life? Would it make a difference in your family? Would it make a difference in our church? Dare we pray this prayer? And listen, I'm talking about praying it. I don't mean mumbling it. I don't mean just reciting it. Oh, Lord, that you would bless me indeed. That your hand would be upon me. I don't mean that. I mean passionately pray this prayer. What difference would it make? May I challenge you today? May I challenge you in 2015? May I challenge you this year, Christian? Would you dare pray these words? I mean, really pray. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Lord, that you would enlarge my territory. That your hand would be with me and upon me. That you'd keep me from evil. That I may not cause pain. Pray it. And see if God answers you like he answered Jabez. The Bible declares, and it's true, you have not. Why? Because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. So ask away, dear Christian. And can I say to you, pray big. God can handle your request. And now, God. Thank you for recording this prayer. Thank you that although Jabez started out in kind of a rough way, his beginning did not determine his ending. He who was known as a pain prayed and became a blessing. Lord, we know that last year's gone. Pray that you help us to get right about anything that we've not settled, we've not come to grips with. Lord, you've given us a new year, a new beginning. A fresh start. 
God, even though we stand on the beginning of a new year, you're already here. You've been here for all eternity. You're not bound by time. You know what this year holds because you hold this year in your hand. And you know what's in our life because you hold our lives in your hand. Father, I pray for anyone here today that has never received the Lord Jesus Christ. We know, Lord, that's their greatest need for 2015 is the Savior. And I pray if they're here and they've never met you, that they turn from their sin and place their faith in Jesus Christ. Father, I've tried to be faithful to the text today. Lord, we've examined this prayer of Jabez. And Lord, we believe it was a God-exalting prayer. Because you delighted in it, you answered it, and you recorded it for us to read it. So, Father, I pray that you would help us to pray a prayer like this. To adopt this as our prayer this year. Lord, first of all, seeking blessings indeed. Father, give us what we would ask for who were smart enough to ask for it. Bless us indeed, O God. And then, Lord, enlarge our territory and our coasts. Not so we can boast in our greatness or what we've accomplished, but so we have more people to influence for Jesus Christ. Pray that you would enlarge our church's territory and help us to exalt Christ in every area where you place us. And then, Father, I pray that you would help us to pray that your hand would be with us, that you would guide us, that you would strengthen us, that you would help us, that you would bless us in those areas. We need your hand of Blessing to be upon us. And then, Lord, we know it's most appropriate to pray that you would keep us from evil. To lead us not into temptation, but deliver us. And we may not cause pain. We may not hurt our testimony and hurt the cause of Christ in the name of Christ in this place. Help us, Father, to be men and women, boys and girls, teenagers of prayer. Help us to realize and come to grips with the the fact that we have not because we ask not. May our motives be pure and clean. May we truly seek to exalt you in praying this prayer. May we make it our own. And Father, as you see fit, I pray you'll answer it for us as you did for Jabez. May this be our prayer for the new year that you would bless us indeed. We pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Our closing hymn, 621 this morning. Lead on, O King Eternal. The day of March has come. Henceforth and fields of conquest, thy tent shall be our home. The altar is open this morning. If you'd like to come and pray, maybe you need to receive the Lord Jesus. I would invite you to come. I'd love to talk with you about that. Maybe you need to come Christian this morning and maybe settle some things from 2014. Forgetting those things which are behind and press forward to those things which lie before in faith. Maybe you want to come today and just pray this prayer on this altar. The prayer of Jabez and make it your prayer. Would you come? The altar's open. We'd love to minister and help you as we stand and sing 621. Lead on, O King Eternal.